Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got Joe Cheely, uh, Letterman at the College of Charleston um, from the Florida area, um, but had a stint. Well, currently um, in the NBA, um, uh, great life after basketball. And we talked a lot about um, programs, you know, in the intermediate levels, the preparation for high school and college and, and things that he had to do to, to get him to the point where he is today. Uh, great interview. Can't wait to get into it. All right, let's go. I'm good, man. I'm good. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, no, anytime, man. Anytime, boss. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um. Like I said, man. I know. You know. Everybody's busy, so I appreciate your time coming on. So, you know, I'll get right into it. Um. Sure. About about what we do. Like, like you know, our main thing is just to, as I said before, to bring the wealth of knowledge to the current you know, student athletes, families that are trying to do this thing that we did, um, trying to give them a, you know, a blueprint of how it's done. I no doubt. Um, so, you know, starting off, man, um, you know, take us back into, you know, the, the, the middle school years. I saw a little video, your story to tell where, you know, you, you shoot that thing deep. So were there rec departments? Give me that. Yeah. Was like, you know, what happened in your intermediate years? How do you get how, how did you get going? So yeah, man, I started playing at a at a pretty young age, man. I started playing ball when I was maybe five, six years old. Um and at then at that point it was just like, you know, at the wreck or like little somewhat organized leagues. You know what I'm saying? My dad put me in stuff. He coached me one year, man. He was it was fun. Like it was just just to do something. I really enjoyed playing the game and I got to about eight or nine years old, man, and uh, like I had a chance to play with a little local travel team, you know what I'm saying? And uh, started playing in local tournaments, and, and that kind of introduced me to the AAU scene, AAU right. scene back then. And, and so I kind of got on the, the circuit pretty early. Back then, AAU was different, man. For you know sure. what I'm saying? It was more about like you just wanted to go travel and, and try to win as many tournaments as you could. And so I was doing that all the way up until um, I, I was playing AAU for forever, but transitioning into middle school, you could start playing for your school and stuff. So I played on the sixth grade team. When I had middle school, I went to, we had the sixth grade team and you could play on the varsity team. And at the time, my varsity team was, was pretty stacked with some talent. So I was playing on the sixth grade team. The crazy thing about it, a lot of people don't know this, man. I played my sixth grade year, um, I came back my seventh grade year, and I got cut from the team. I got wow. cut from tryouts. Yeah, so it was uh, that was a um, it, was, it was a big moment for me, man. It's like tryouts were early in the morning, and um, they had like the the names up on the the board, or they called the names out, and uh, my name didn't get called. So wow. I got cut, and um, it, it broke me, man. At a young, I was like 12, 13 years old, or however old I was, and um, I cried, cried my eyes out, and. I remember my dad, like, um, I talked to him later that day, and he was just like, yeah, he basically said, like, what you gonna do? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, at that point, it was, I hadn't been cut. I had been playing AAU ball all the way up until that point, so I wasn't used to it. And um, I would say, probably for me, in my journey, mm -hmm. that was the point, man, where I, I really, like, decided, like, you know what? Like, my mama work as hard as I possibly can. Um, at my seventh grade year, I decided like, all right, I'm gonna get up early, 
before school. Like, luckily, my dad was able to we could go to the little outdoor court or to the YMCA, little local rec, and we would train in the mornings before school, just get some shots, I'd work on defense and stuff like that. And, and that's and, kind of my routine. And kind of that's that's you know things like that is what 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 makes people. You know what I mean? Like because. You know, and that's why I tell kids all the time, yeah, you were really good in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, but kids got stronger, kids got faster, some kids were working, and now your 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 their their strength and 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 um their mature have caught up with your ability because yeah. you didn't work. Mm-hmm. So um those things always happen. So you know, take us back to, to high school. Um uh obviously you you jump back on the scene and you get on the yeah. high school tip. Um, did you play uh, all four years in high school? And who 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 were some of your rivalries? Who was someone that you looked up to that 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 made you couldn't sleep at night? Yeah, so high school, I played all four. I played JV my my ninth grade year. Um, I was able to play varsity start tenth grade, and then the, my final two years, eleventh and twelfth grade. And um, as far as rivals, man, in the city, the thing about Orlando, it was so much talent, like. Mm around the city it seemed like every high school we played against like mm. or that was in the city they had at least one guard that was like getting recruited by colleges you know what i'm saying whether it be uh uh there was a joel berry like who was right there there was there was a pookie Powell who went to memphis there was a josh fillmore at, at wakaiba um there was a lot of dudes man that, that played college ball so it seemed like every night i grant riller was uh was a young dude. He was two years under me right down the street at Okoye, right? So we played wow. against him a good bit. Um and so there was it was a bunch of different guys that I, I liked competing against. Um in terms of dudes that I looked up to, um in Orlando, man, I mean, shoot, at the time that, that was that was Austin Rivers and Shane Larkin City. You know what I'm saying? They had they had it on lock. Um, obviously, Austin went to Duke and, and Shane went to Miami. Right. Um, and so I had a chance to play against them once. But um, yeah, I, I kind of looked up to those dudes. And then, like I said, every every school, man, um, it seemed like they had a guard that you had to bring your A game against. Um, every so, night. so when did it click? You know, in, in high school, you know, you you know, you obviously having those pioneers that you watch come up through the ranks. Um, you was waiting on your t- your time to, to get it going. So when did it click that you know what? Um, yeah, I'm gonna get a scholarship. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do this thing full time. Was it your junior, yeah. senior, year? and what were what was your averages at that time? Yeah. So now for me, I think it was I had the goal. Like I knew I wanted to play in college. Like I knew I had a chance. I knew I had to work. But for me, it kind of clicked sophomore year. Like and and it wasn't like. I had did anything to that point that warranted like mm. getting into college and stuff. Like I was still super young, man. I think my sophomore year, I wasn't even really averaging double digits or anything like that. But I think that's really when the work started to pick up. Like I was still mm. in that routine of working every morning. And like, I kind of grew into my frame a little bit. Like I got put it on a little more size. And then coming into my junior year, I was averaging a little bit more, man. I think so maybe, 16, 17 points, you know what I'm saying? Right around there, I was playing points, so I had to set guys up. Um, and then going into senior year, I was right around that, that 20 point mark um, um, averaging and stuff. And um, by that point, man, I knew, uh, especially going into my junior year, I was just like, no, nah, I was dead set on, like, I'm gonna get a scholarship playing, playing ball, and then um, I, I was gonna do it. But what was that point though? Like what made, what made you going from, from you know, not double digits to double digits in you know in course of a, a year like what, what, yeah um it, it was it was the work it was the work I, I think the like training and putting the time in it give it does two things like it gives you the confidence yes, to to want to be or to be able to to know that you can do it yes, right sir. like as you know you put all the hours in it's just like man you know what I'm saying and then the second thing that I think it does it gives you like not only confidence, but it gives you like a sense of like, like, all right, I've earned it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I earned the, the right to go and, and play super aggressively because like, while I'm here, like nobody else was going to work harder than me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was the mindset that I have. So when I step on the court, it was just like, if I want to take a shot that I worked on, like I know I worked on it a thousand times, like, and I know 
most guys that I was playing with probably didn't work on their game like I was working on it. So I think that's where you, when it, once it clicks, like confidence is the toughest thing for young kids, man. Like for sure. You can't have confidence without the work put in. That's kind of backwards, you know what I'm saying? But sure. um, if, if you put the work in, like you kind of earn the right to have confidence out there playing. And then I think if you work, like your game will show that. And so right around my junior year, like when I really, really started working, you saw that jump. And I just think it was from um, from, from the confidence that the, the workouts and then the work. Yeah. And, and the results, you know, results, you know, equates to confidence. You know what I mean? If you're taking tough shot and you're making your shots, then the confidence is being built. Your teammates starting to build confidence in, in you, your, your coaches, and then that leads on to yourself. So you get more confident with, with your work ethic. Um, so your senior year, you're averaging 20 something. And, uh, you know, one of my biggest thing that I ask my guests all the time is that in their recruiting wars, you know, why did they pick a particular school? And most of the time it's all of comfortability, right? Well, I knew this coach or, um, I knew this player that went there, but, you know, two times out of 10, well, seven times out of 10 is always, um, it's never a situation where, um, well, this, this coach run this certain style of play that fits my style of play yeah. or this point guard, he's being heavily recruited in the body league. He's this is senior year he's leaving. So I get there. I got the whole show to myself. I think as players, we don't get that type of support when we're making decisions. I didn't, and most of the people I talked to didn't. Um, who were recruiting you, and how did you end up at College of Charleston? Yeah, so um, my, my recruitment, man, it picked up um, like going into my senior year, and I, I talked to a lot of lot of schools, man, a lot of uh, mainly mid-major schools, like all over the country, a couple of high majors, but I narrowed it down. I think there was a uh, UCF was re recruiting me pretty hard in, in Central Florida, right there in Orlando. Obviously, Charleston, um, I think I narrowed it down to, I, I was talking to East Carolina, um, I was talking to Georgia Southern, and maybe one other school that I, I can't remember. But for me, man, like I, I didn't really fall too much into the hype of wanting to go to the, the, the biggest name school, because like yeah. you said, it was, it was more about fit for me, like an opportunity. And so I took my visit to Charleston, I was doing my research, because at this point, my senior year in high school, like I knew I was gonna play in college. So now I'm trying to set myself up to be in the best situation to play professionally. Like I'm thinking sure. about that, you know what I'm saying? And so at Charleston, I took my visit and I saw at the time, Andrew Lawrence was a, uh, a senior. Right. And um, and I saw like the, the kind of the, the structure of the team and I took my visit and I played and I just, something stuck out, man. I just felt like, man, I really had an opportunity to play pretty early on. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I knew if I worked, uh, like uh, in terms of the long, like playing the long game, I knew things could work out if, if things went the way I wanted them to. So to answer your question, the reason I chose Charleston, man, was was fit, like in terms of my role, like they would kind of put the ball in my hands. Like I would have to work and earn it, obviously. But like you said, I, there was a senior point guard there that was leaving and I saw an opportunity, man. And I knew if I, if I worked, man, that would be a pretty good situation, more so um, than the other spots, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So. I think that's why that's why I chose chose Charleston just from a, a basketball standpoint. In this timeout session, we got Derek Coles. I called one of my mentors up, and she said, and I, "I said, Tiff, I need. A, I'm looking for a job, and she preferred me to a guy at Hampton University looking for assistant sports information director." And for me, going back into, I was working in compliance, right? But I was also doing student, you know, sports information, an undergrad. And so once again, just trying to make sure my resume, even as a grad student, was appeal, you know, appealing and, and, and very and marketable to work in either or. And so I had that opportunity, I had that experience. And so I did seven months at Hampton University, uh, working with women's basketball and other women's uh, sports. Um, so for me, that was a, that was a great uh, opportunity for me just to understand how big networking is. My mentor knew the person at Hampton, didn't really do an interview, just called me in and said, you want the job? I was like, yeah. So for me, it's like, wow, this really works. You know, it really works. Now let's get back to the interview. Mm -hmm. 
and it's the thing that's going around town. You know, when you know when we left, you know, it was a big dip in in the performance and um, what around town is that you know you helped, you know, you know, build that 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 competitive nature and a lot of um, a lot of great you know winnings back to the to this area and we appreciate that. Um, talking about you know Coach Grant, which is a good friend of mine, grew up together. You know, a couple of years younger than I, but he played at um stall mm-hmm. but um great guy man and, and congrats to him for getting that job um at, at, at boston college mm-hmm. but give me three nuggets that you learned from coach grant and um in addition to you know talking about the times where you know it was a it was a big time where you, you got hurt and it was a big setback for you. I think we talked, you know, you know, recently I mean, during that time, and I could see it in your in your spirit. It was hurt, but talk about you know how supportive Coach Grant, <clears throat> you know, was it for you as a player and the time when you, you really needed that. Yeah, um, Coach Grant was huge, man. I, I say, like I, I told a lot of people this, like just for the the timing of like when he got to Charleston, because where it was at, like. I tell people, man, he was one of the best things that happened to the Charleston, like the, the program and stuff, just because I remember like when I was going back to when I was recruited, I remember like Charleston's history. I remember what you guys did. Like Charleston was always viewed in my mind just because I studied college basketball. I was like, man, that's a big time basketball program. But that was off the strength of like what y'all did in the 90s. You know what sure. I'm saying? Sure. Like, um, so kind of getting back to that feel like coach Grant played a huge part. And then just for me personally, like he was, he was pretty big time and just empowering his players and giving like us the freedom to go play our game. Right. Like you had to earn it, but like you didn't have to really look over your shoulder mm. when, when you was playing, you know what I'm saying? And for me, that was huge because you know what I'm saying? Like you any, just, for any player, because any player, you, you, you shoot a ball, you make a mistake. First thing you do is look at the coach. Like yeah. it's because most coaches don't instill those trust in their players when they go out there. So yeah, I, I second that. No, nah, yeah. And that, it, it was huge, man. So like that, that was probably the biggest thing for me. And then you talking about when I got hurt, man, my, um, that would have been, that was my third year in school. So it was weird. So my first year with coach Grant was my sophomore year and we won nine games. Right. Wow. So <laughs> to my humble beginnings, we, we won nine games and I, I kind of like told myself, I was like, yeah, I'm not going out like this. Like I got to get to a tournament. Right. So I put in all the work, the whole nine. And then I tear my Achilles going into the next year. And it was, it was pretty devastating. But the thing Coach Grant kind of did, man, he just like he's a worker. He got a worker's mentality. And he his saying is like, you got to chop wood and carry water. That's it. If you ask, like, that's, that's just his thing. You just got to bring your lunch pail. You got to go to work every day. So I kind of took that from him, man. It just like, just kept my head down and just like, you know, like I got two more years left to play. I'll miss all of this year, but it gives me a chance to kind of watch the game, study it, get a little bit better as a point guard, like seeing the ins and outs of it from the sideline. And, and I'll just continue to work. Um, and then, like I said, when I got back, man, I had to earn my spot. Like it wasn't like anything was given to me, but when I when I got it, man, Coach Grant just really, really supported me and and really just empowered me to just kind of play my game and then lead guys. So I'm I'm forever thankful for him, man. He played a huge role. There's no way that I would have had the career that I did without him. So for sure. You know what so I'm senior year, um, you know the the, the last buzzer is going off of CFC, and now like like everything else, we're looking to the next chapter in our life professionally. Yeah. Um, for the audience, take us back to, you know, the steps on how things happen. Um, you play at the next level, far as agents, you know, how the, cause people don't understand, like you go to three or four different people before you figure out who's the yeah. one for you. Right. So yeah. you know, give us your story, frame that for us. Yeah. Um, so the, the whole agent, like search and, and hiring an agent, it was almost like getting recruited again from for sure. college. You know what I'm saying? So and everybody's situation is a little different. Mine personally was agents started kind of reaching out, just like kind of just getting a feel for you, just wanted to introduce themselves during my senior year, right? Like while we were playing. And at this point we hadn't won a championship yet. So I didn't want really anything to do with them. Like I wasn't really trying to focus on, 
what was next. I just wanted to try to win that that year. And so they reached out to my position coach, um, Coach Quentin Farrell. He's at Presbyterian College now as the head coach. And that he, he kind of took their names down, got like brief information on them, like the players they represent, boom, 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 got the information. After we finished the season um, and we started like this whole search for hiring an agent, um, we kind of narrowed it down in terms of like the five best choices. Uh, and it might be three for some people, just depending on the opportunities that you have, right? Sure. Um, but for me, it was, it was about like what I wanted to do, like where I wanted to play at the next level and, and finding the agent that I thought could give me the best opportunity. And so coming straight out of college, man, like I knew I could play overseas. Like I know I could have a long career overseas, but I knew I was good enough to play in the NBA. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like I just wanted, it's just a matter of sometimes getting the right opportunity. So I voiced that to everybody that was talking to me, like I, that I was talking to. And some of them, like you just had to kind of filter them out, like, they didn't really have players in the NBA. They was just coming for the overseas route. And I was like, no, nah, I appreciate you maintaining good relationships with them because you don't ever know what happens down the road. But mm. I had to cut some of them off. And then I narrowed it down to like three different agencies. And really, they the same thing like we're recruiting, man. They, they talked to my parents. Like, they talked to my coaches. They talked to me. They kind of pitched, like, what they could do for me. And it's just one of those things you kind of got to just trust your gut and do your research. You talk to players that they represent. Um, if you can, you can get in contact with them and see what their experience was with them or as people, because the, the main thing I'll say to anybody listening, man, is with an agent, like a lot of the times it's weird. Like you think like, oh, I'm working for them. Like, no, nah, they're, they're working for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the, for a lot of basketball players, that's the first time you're ha you'll have somebody really working for you. Like that's yep. your <laughs> their job is to work for you. You know what I'm saying? So that's a different dynamic. That's a different experience. you got to get used to it. But uh, I, I made the decision that I made and um, it, I, I trusted I'm still with the same agency to this day. And it, it worked out. Um, and the hope is, man, like for me, I told them, I just wanted an opportunity, man. Just get right. me in front of NBA teams, give me workouts if you can. Um, hopefully a summer league or anything like that. And I trusted that the, the work that I put in would speak for itself, man. And um, that's kind of what I was betting on. And, and thankfully it worked out that way. And I want to second you on that because, you know, the misconception players get all the time. It's like, oh man, I'm really, really good. Like why am I Asian and not getting me somewhere? Yeah, you might be, I mean, total top notch, but it's all about the relationships that Asians have, right? Yeah. It's all about the players um that that he has that can help you know you out so if you don't if you don't have those connections no matter how good you are it's going to be a disconnect um so talk about you know when you get into these camps i know you spent um i let you talk about you know the, the your experience with your your pro career but getting ready for the camp you know going in, in into those workouts here you you know you've seen people you've seen on on the college circuit that you know, big time players that don't really be that good when you see them in person, yeah. right? But take us to the, the the mental approach for the for the audience so they understand. You know, here's you got an NBA workout this weekend. All this week, you're thinking about all kind of other stuff, right? You're working hard. You're thinking. Frame that for us on on, on that that mental that mental approach, and then take us into you know the the workout session. How hard it is. How what they look for. Um, yeah. Yeah, tell us all. Yeah, so so for me, like that was probably the the training that I did after my college season ended and going into like draft, like pre-draft workouts, you know what I'm saying? Um, that was probably the most like that was the best work that I've I've done. You know what I'm saying? That was the hardest that I've worked, man. Just because you're talking about your opportunity, the window is so small and you might have two workouts, you know what I'm saying? Coming from the College of Charleston, like we had a mid-major, guys from Kentuckys and Dukes and stuff, they just gonna get workouts just off of the strength of coming from a high major, you know what I'm saying? They, like you said, they, sometimes they don't even be that good, but just because of the name, you know what I'm saying? They gonna get those workouts. So they get that benefit of the doubt. So for me, my um, mindset was like, man, if I only get one opportunity, two opportunities to work out in front of a team, I just want to be as prepared as possible, right? And so, 
we we kind of tried to mimic um, what those workouts would look like. We called around, asked like some of the drills we'd be doing, like shots, like different from spots, the conditioning stuff. Like you just wanted to cover all bases in the workouts and still improve your overall game too, right? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Just keep getting better. Um, and so the actual um, workout, like just depending on the teams, you'll have probably six guys that they bring in, right? A lot of times they'll be your position. Maybe they might mix it up where it's two guards, two wings, two bigs. It just depends on what the team wants to do. Um, and, and they'll put you through basic drills, like ball handling stuff to start, like a lot of shooting on the, on the move, some spot shots. Um, some teams have conditioning tests. Um, and then what was pretty consistent with all of them, like you're probably gonna compete, like one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. And that for me, like that was, that's what I was banking on. Like, cause sure. most of these NBA teams, like they probably already doubting you a little bit because you come from a smaller school. And so you just want to get in between them lines with some of them dudes and, and just show like, like, nah, it's not, it's not sweet, man. You, I, I can go just like any of that other dudes. I'm better than most of these dudes, you know what I'm for saying? Sure. So um, I had four or five workouts, right? And, um, they, they went well, man. I left a, a really good impression on, on the teams that I worked out for. And, and the hope was, for me anyways, like where I was at, we hadn't had really anybody like drafted since Drew uh, Gallup, like for before sure. me. And even then that was like a while ago. So it had been a while. We hadn't had any NBA pros for a minute. And so the thought was, I just wanted to invite to a, a summer league. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about getting drafted. I just wanted to try to impress somebody enough to get an invite on a summer league roster and like then get to the next point. That was my goal. And and thankfully, man, like I got a call like at the very last minute, like the day before teams left to go to Vegas for summer league. Mm. Charlie called basically saying, um, yeah, one of our guys is basically ineligible to play. Like he had something wrong with his visa. So we need just an extra body at point guard, man. If you can get here, I was in Charleston. It's a three hour drive to Charlotte and we'll fly up. And I'm just like, all right, I was sitting in Charleston working out. Like I was prepared to go overseas if I had to. And I'm just like, man, thank you. I'll show up, had a day to practice, right? And um, I got there, we went to Vegas. And if if you want me to get into this, you're talking about the Vegas trip. yeah, Yeah, let's go. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area, and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcasts, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction and check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. So it was weird, man. Like, obviously, they weren't expecting me to play at all, right? I was like the, the third point guard in rotation. They had just drafted Devontae Graham. They had somebody else backing them up. And I was just there in case of emergency. Well, Devontae ended up getting hurt um, out at Summer League, something wrong with his knee. So they, that was his draft pick. Like, they had a lot invested in him. So they sent him home back to Charlotte. Uh, and so I was next in line. I was the backup point guard. Wow. And so I got a chance to play a little bit in the second game, had probably like 10, 15 minutes, played well, um, earned a little bit more time. We won the game that I played in. And then I had one game like at the end that they started me, right? Mm-hmm. We played against the Raptors. I just had an opportunity and I'm, I'm just like, man, like it's all I asked for, right? So I just one game to go out and play. And so I, I ended up playing well. I think I had like 14, 15 points, man. Like I had like five or six assists. And 
at this point, you was just hoping. So now I've reached the next point. At this point, you play summer league, hoping you can get a training camp invite. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And so you're just trying to stack steps. And then here's a quick story and we can go to the next point. While I was out in Vegas, people don't notice, um, I had an overseas offer that I was gonna take because you're trying to like, you wanna make the, the best option, like the best decision for yourself, right? And I was close, man. I, I had the contract in hand and I was gonna sign it. And I something told me, man, I was just like, man, I just want an opportunity. They roll this ball out. Like I, at this point, I didn't know I was going to start anything, but you just kind of bet on yourself and like sure. you had some opportunity and thankfully it worked out. And um, I got the call for training camp, man. And then that was an experience in itself and we can get into that soon. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a crazy experience, man. That I'm thankful for, but um, it, it worked out. And, and that's what hard work, hard work does, man. And you never know every situation. It's like you said, it's a small window, but you know, we can only, you know, go and work hard and just, just, and just pray that opportunities come in and those things happen for you and you took advantage of them. Yeah. Um, so you spent how many years with Charlotte too, and then with yeah. and with the Storm? Are they like the? the yeah, they'll be like so they the G League team, they're the affiliate, and so I uh, I went to training camp with Charlotte, and that was that was an experience in itself. Like, cause now you're that's practice getting ready for preseason games, the whole nine, and I earned a. Um, a two-way contract, which is which a certain type of contract where I spend some time with the Swarm and I spend some time up with the Hornets and stuff. And so I did that for two years and that took me to where, where I'm at right now. And so that was uh, training camp, man. You're talking about, that, that was fun, man. At, at that point, that was, Kimball Walker was still there um, and, and Tony Parker was, was there for a year. He backed them up. And so have an opportunity to, to learn from those guys and compete and still like I I had to earn a contract then so I had a chance to play and I played well in training camp enough to the point where they wanted to invest in me and so I'm thankful for that man for sure and that's that's awesome um briefly um you know talk about um this music right yeah. um sure. and one thing one song I like is um the, the the pace yeah right sure. and i want to quote something that's so profound it says like you're doing right now you know well first before we get into that you know you like i said you got cut in middle school then you you hurt your achilles you know every situation we creates you know you to be stronger so right now you know you're currently hurt and waiting to get back so and we talked you know about how the music came into play but this quote, it says, worked all my life for what these bloop, so their soul define, right? And that's so profound because we talk about the hard work, but then we got certain situations that people don't, don't work as hard and um, can get a little, you know, extra um, opportunities that are probably not as deserving for people that work hard. How do you feel about that? Um, about that situation, that that line that you said, can you can you explain in depth more about that? Sure. Yeah. No, that was um, that, that was just me being honest, man. Like you're talking about, we like we just kind of had this conversation about where it started back in in middle school, getting cut and stuff, and in seventh grade is when I kind of decided, you know, what I'm saying I wanted to play professionally, right? And, and so I felt that, man. I, I really worked my whole life um, for this opportunity. And you get to the point, like I get to the NBA, right? And you kind of see like how it works, like the politics that are involved, you know what I'm saying? Like you see some people that might not necessarily be as devoted to, to basketball, like and, and put the amount of time in that you did. And, and that's, that's, a, uh, that's, a, that's a weird dynamic to be in because like, you, like I said in the lyric, man, like I worked my whole life for it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and so just just navigating that, man, it was uh, I'm still navigating it to this day. Right. Like I'm, I'm praying for another opportunity and I'm working as hard as I can. And it's not really about. Like getting the opportunity, it's about how you approach getting the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's about like the work you put in. It's not the, the destination. It's like the journey, you know what I'm saying? The in between. And so that's really what 
the, the pace is about and what that lyric specifically is about, you know? But yeah, but like, I, I listened to it and I can't say, I don't really listen to Nip that, that much, but it's like a little Nip flow in there. It's like a little, a it's very nip. calm and relaxed. And, 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 but is this something that been sitting on the shelf for a minute and you just like, so, I mean, how, cause I never, you know, I, I didn't know that you had that in sure. you, but it's, it's, it's natural. So, and, and me, I, I interview a musician on Charlton. I think all we listen to music before sure. we play to get us hyped up. Right. Yeah. So I find it, you know, very gifted that, you know what I'm saying? You can cross over like that because, sure. you know, we can, we can recite people, you know, <laughs> but I can't come up with that stuff. And I, and I, you know, I'm a fan already. And I wanted to know, you know, how'd you get into it? Um, what's your, um, plans for it and then you know how can people you know more get involved and support that yeah um no nah, so it, it happened man like you said i I'm, I'm currently rehabbing right now and um i had a lot of time on my hands right and music has always been a part of me i played the drums for as long as i've been playing basketball and so i kind of always been around music and um like it kind of went back to like just having fun with my friends growing up. Um, sometimes you would freestyle at lunch. You knew it was kind of there, but this was my first time actually um, really tapping into it. And and really for me, it was it was it was kind of a healthy way to cope with with my rehab and stuff. It just gave me a chance to express myself. And so with that song and with a lot of the songs that I'm working on now, it's really just me venting. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's all the music has been for me, man. And uh, it, it's weird, man. I appreciate you saying it comes natural, man. It, I don't really think too much about it. I just, like, if I hear something that I like, I sit with my thoughts for a while and it just kind of naturally comes out as I, as I write it down. And, and I've, I found that I've, I've had a passion for it as well. So um, this speaking to that, like talking about venting, um, I actually am working on a project, man. That's that should come out probably next month, middle of next month, hopefully, man. Um, it's just a project, probably maybe eight songs or so, um, and it's all kind of on that same type vibe of, of just like me, kind of working and inventing and getting stuff out of my head, man. That I that I think because outside of like basketball and, and the music, man, like I really don't. I'm kind of close to keep things close to the vest, you know what I'm saying? And so for a lot of people, they never really know what's going through my head. And it's important that you kind of share with people, man, talk to people, you know, like doing stuff like this, this is not the most comfortable thing for me, but the music makes it more comfortable. I can express myself through the music. And so um, I, I go, <laughs> my name is Joe, obviously, but I, I go by the name of JC Manuel. Yeah, so just I'll, I'll be putting out stuff here in, in the next month, man, and, and it'll be on all platforms, man. I'm excited about it. I'll, uh, I'll definitely keep you updated with it, man. Yeah. If you want to share it, man, for sure. So definitely, definitely. I love the beats too. Yeah, appreciate um, that. So you know, in, in this day and age, man, student athletes like you know we come up you know, hard work, you know, going straight at each other's neck, competing in the parks. That's when we really get our stripes in the parks. Um, what do you think in today's student athletes, you know, two things, what's what the, something that they have that's beneficial that we didn't? Yeah. And what's one thing that um, we have, they don't? Yeah, I think that's, that's a great question, man. That's um, like, obviously today, the, the generation today, you have so many resources, right? Like that that even I wasn't afforded. And obviously like you, you weren't afforded like the same resources that guys have today, just in terms of like different technology and, and sure. treatment for your body and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's so much available, man. And so much access you can pull up. Like I love watching film, right? You can pull up Kobe clips, like in a matter of 10 seconds, if I want to watch, all of Kobe's clips, you can go on YouTube and search them. You can go watch Mike uh, MJ play. You can go watch Point Guard, Chris Paul, whoever you want to watch. You can go watch. We like. I, I'm pretty sure, like you couldn't do that at, at your time, just any time you wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Because it's even me now compared to 
six, seven years ago, like just how easy it is to do it. I think that's one thing that they have as a resource, man. You can really watch and, and learn from a lot of different places. Um, and then the second question on the flip side, man, I think <laughs> like it's just a generational thing, man. That that grit and that competitiveness, man, like it's uh it, it's not it's not at the level that it's at, man. Like it's just I don't know where it stems from. I, I think it's social media, you know, and, and I'm a part of this generation. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a part of this generation. So it's not like I'm, I'm saying I'm above it. Like I, I've experienced it too, but sometimes it's almost too much. Like you see too much access. So it's a thin line. You got to balance like how much you take in and you got to just get back to just working, man. Just get back to the work and playing, going out to the park. Like we don't, we don't play enough. You know what I'm saying? We don't compete enough. And, and I think the, the times we, we're almost surprised now if you see a young kid who's cut from that cloth of like competing and stuff, you'd be like, oh, wow, like he's a little bit different when, and back 10 years ago, everybody I ran into, it was just like, nah, yeah, you're gonna have to show me, like you gonna have to play, you know what I'm saying? And so I think it's just a balance. Like it's, you got all these resources, you got all the access, you got all the social media and stuff, and you can use it to your advantage, but at the same time, you gotta take it in moderation because too much of it is that is detrimental sometimes. So. Um, just, just that balance. Um, right. I, I, the kids got to find the day. In this timeout session, we got Bernard Jackson. You know, I realized that you know, for the most part, you know, it was a good thing that I had that structure and you know, getting up early in the morning, those sort of things. You had to do it like you know all the time. So it definitely does prepare you for. You know, when you're trying to go into, um, you know, a career where, you know, where you're required to do that and that sort of thing. Because, you know, most of my children right now, like, they had the option to sleep in or to get up early. They, they're all going to sleep. You know, so it's like, you know, being a student athlete really is a, a benefit to um, a young person in, in developing you. And it definitely helps me to actually, let's be 45 now. Even now, I still get up, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning. Now let's get back to the interview. And what I was talking to Natasha Vista, um, you know, we talk about uh, sex and student athletes. Matter of fact, it just came out today. But one of the things she said about what um, what affects that grit and tenacity is that the dopamine we got when we hit the court and we're you know, trying to win this game or we're competing, like that gets us going. Yeah. Well, that's hard to do. And it, a lot of alpha males, you know, experience and they do that. But kids that's not alpha males, they're not saying not, not, not saying that kids that are alpha males don't play video games, but they're getting the dopamine from the video games now. So when you put them outside and you got to transfer that skill, it just ain't happening. And that's part yeah. of the problem why, the uh, the social media and the and the and the video games has has and the and the um, the grittiness has uh, depreciated in, in in competitive sports, but um, I want to the lessons I've learned through sports is like hard work, being on time, you know the the common things. Tell me about some things some things you've learned through sports from in in immediate years until now, and how you know there's a how you apply them to your life. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, sports are such a, like, it's, we learn so much about ourselves through sports, right? Um, there's so many life lessons in, in sports. And I think the biggest one for me, uh, there's a lot, but one that I've been really thinking about a lot lately is um, that you can't do it alone, right? Like, there's nothing that you can accomplish. Like, you can work hard by yourself the whole night, but like, if you, if you hope to do anything like great in life, man, you're going to need some help. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like it's at some point, like, and so we talk about basketball with me, like, yeah, I worked, I worked, but it had to be somebody in the gym with me sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like helping me or instructing me, like, cause I didn't know what I know now, like back then somebody had to put me on game, you know what I'm saying? Like whether it be in, in high school, like training with somebody or college with my coach or something like that, like, even we talk about with the agents, like the relationships, like you can't 
talk to the teams by yourself. Like you need somebody to, to sure. kind of bridge that that gap for you. And, and so you can't you can't do things alone, man. And a lot of times, like my my biggest issue is like I try to take on a lot like by myself. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's like I don't like I, I like working. I like working with my two hands. You know what I'm saying? I want to do it by myself sometimes because I think that's that's good. Like people need to. You don't want to enable somebody and have things done for you all the time but it's a thin line that you got to kind of teeter like for me I got to find the balance between like all right yeah I know I'm gonna put my work in but it's okay to ask for help like if you don't know exactly what you're supposed to be doing you know what I'm saying because if you don't know what you're doing and you're just out there working aimlessly like you just you're gonna be running around in circles you know what I'm saying you can go uh, you can go a long way but you might be going the wrong way you know what I'm saying? And so it's, um, it, I think that's one of the biggest, biggest lessons that I learned. And then, like you said, another one would be just the hard work, man. It doesn't matter what you do in life, like what endeavor you, you try to take on. Um, the thing that remains consistent is, is the amount of work that you put in. It's going to lead to how much success you have. Like there's no way around it. Like it might, you might find ways to cheat it, but to sustain success, sure. like have it for the long run, you gotta you gotta work, man. That's, there's no other way around it, man. And those are the those are the two biggest things that I, I think that I take away from my my time in sports. Um, you know, and you talk about this, that support system. And earlier you mentioned your dad and what he introduced you to sports and yeah. what I'm doing with my son now. Now that I know the game and knowing what I need to do, I got a I got a kind of different approach to how I'm gonna do this thing not you know you know in that in that uh that rat race you know we we in and we don't know what's going on so I want to know you know I don't know if you got any kids yet but when you do and if they're in sports like what would be your approach you know far as you know uh rec ball training uh all that stuff like what, what would you how would you put that together for them yeah, I don't have any kids yet, um, but but one day, man, Lord's willing, um, when I do, man, I, I think it, it's, again, it's a generational thing. Like, we're afforded so many resources and stuff, and we try to start kids, like, at a, a young, young age, right? Like, we want them, we're going to train them, like, we're going to give them everything at a, at a young age. That way, they'll be ahead of the curve, and that's, I mean, that's good to an extent, but I think, man, like, you got to still let kids be kids, right? You know what I'm saying? And still let them have their innocence and just play the game for just the enjoyment and the love for the game. Because I think that was the case for me. Like when I started out, when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I was playing just because I enjoyed it. Now, I really enjoyed it. And so I played a lot. And But that might not be the case for a lot of kids. Because I think if you do too much and you push them too much, like then that might turn away from it a little bit because it becomes too much. Like you're not supposed to work the same way you work when you're 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? When you're 25 years old, you shouldn't be working like that when you're nine, 10 years old, man. You got other things. You you still don't even know what you want to do yet. You know what I'm saying? Like if you like basketball at that point or whatever it is, then cool, do it. But I think my approach, man, kind of try to get a feel for what they like, introduce them to different things, like different sports, different activities, and, and see what sticks and stuff. And if you find that they really enjoy something or they might have a passion for something, you, you give them more opportunities in that to see if they want to develop. And then I don't know what the age would be, um, but once they start forming that, like they see like, all right, I can, I can do something with this. And then you let them know like, all right, well, it's cool that you want to do something, but if you want to do it, this is what it takes. Like you got to work, you know what I'm saying? And so it's, you can't have it both ways. It's not just all fun and games. Like you got to work on your craft and stuff like that. And just slowly introducing them to that. And then the advantage that we have is, as basketball players and basketball backgrounds is that we know what it looks like. Exactly. We, can, we can give them the drills and we know what's important for the game because we know the game and stuff like that. So that's where like, I'm looking forward to, um, just passing that on. It doesn't even have to be with, with my own kids. Like it will be, but with anybody, any any young kid, man, that wants to play, man. Like if I see, I'm training a couple of kids now um, here in Charleston while I'm in town. And it's been fun, man, because like I can remember myself at nine, 10 years old, or 
13 or 14 years old, just being curious and just wanting to learn. And so just passing that knowledge on to, to the younger generation, man, just trying to trying to get some of that grit back, man. Just <laughs> trying to get some of that love for the game back, man. And, and for sure. I think that's important. So. And that's gonna be my my other question before we get into the Omi recipe was, you know, what do you tell um, the young athletes coming up today? You know, because, you know, they just want to just, you know, shoot the ball or you know, not worry about defense, not worry about assists, um, not cheer their, 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 their teammates on. It's a bunch of things that you can do in order to have a presence on the court by just not, by not just putting the ball in the hole. Yeah. Um, and I think we don't, we don't study the game of, uh, not, uh, enough when a, when a coach or someone talked to you and I asked a player, well, how many points did you average a game? I don't know. Well, how do you, how could you not know that? You know, you, every game you got to be leading to the next game and, and, and better in your performance. So I think a lot of things are just, just not in our, in our, in their place to tell them about. So like you said before, us kind of having that basketball background, give us opportunity, give us a little bit more knowledge on how to, approach, you know, our kids and, and, and the kids that we work with. I want to ask you a question about AAU, the AAU scene, per se, I forgot to ask you about that earlier. Sure. And my question is, um, and I asked that question because I, you know, when I asked you what, you, what would you do with your kid? I was leading up to this question is that most parents, most kids, they, they throw this word out, AAU, right? And I got this example where I talk about Target, Walmart and Kmart, right. right? Target probably the best out those three. Then you got Walmart and you got Kmart. I don't know if you guys got a Kmart, but anyway, you got you you got a AAU, USBA, and YBOA, right? Those three different levels. Sure. So when you're talking to a family, and you're like, "Oh yeah, Jamel, man, my son play AAU." I say, well, "Okay, well, send me a schedule. Send me a schedule, and the schedule say USBA." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. You're not playing on that. You're not playing on that level. How how do we? And I've been trying for a long time to to, to let parents know the questions you need to ask because when you're playing on these travel t- teams, not only that, if you're playing on a travel team, yeah, you should have your scores right. You should be playing in these sanctioned tournaments. I just yeah. think that families and kids are being just 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 taken the wrong way when it comes to what they do in AAU and what they expect out of it. Cause you can't be traveling to Florida and you, and you had two points in the whole, in the whole tournament. And it doesn't work that way. What's, what's your take on that? Yeah. Um, it, it's a lot, man. Like it's, it's, it's a lot going, there's, there's, there's circuits now, you know what I'm saying? As you get older, there's, there's like different showcases now. They're not even tournaments anymore. It's showcases, you know what I'm saying? Guys not, not, not worried about winning. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a weird time, man. And, it's a tough job for parents, man, to try to sift through it, especially if they don't have a basketball background. You know what I'm saying? Like if they, if, if they've never played basketball at that level and, and now their kid wants to, and they're trying to put them in the best opportunity and you have whoever that comes along and says like, Oh yeah, do this, do this. And they don't know. It's, it's tough, man. I feel for parents. And so um, you, you just gotta, you gotta do your due diligence, man. You gotta try to ask around and, and try to really, sift through a lot of um, a lot of the, the things that a lot of the nonsense, you know, hey, Joe, like a lot of stuff. I see a brochure and the brochure got all these. I mean, shit, it make me want to get back in. And, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, they do all this. It's yeah. I mean, 30 coaches going to be in, in the stands and it ain't even sanctioned. Yeah. When you try to, you know, educate and tell parents, you know, they don't, they don't they really want to hear it because it's easier to just, pay the money and have your kids involved. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I think that the, the number one thing I think, like obviously you ask around as much as you can, the, the more, um, like the, the more, not opinions, but the more perspectives that you can get, like the, the better decision that you can make, because you can kind of really make the best educated decision based on what everybody is saying. But I, I think the most important thing, especially young, 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 like when you're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, it's more about like playing, right? Like it's important for the kids to play because 
we get so caught up now, man. I've seen other, the other day, they got rankings for like 12 year olds, 13 year olds. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's just the craziest thing, man. Just, just for parents out there, man, just, just worry about like making sure your kid is playing as much as possible. Like you don't have to, you shouldn't have to break the bank, like to right. send your kid, you know what I'm saying? To play somewhere like if they're playing and getting better, like if they're good enough, the, the opportunity will be there. You know what right. I'm saying? Like somebody will see him, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's the, that's the thing. Like if you focus on them getting better and right. they get to a level where they're good enough, well, somebody is going to see them. The same way in college, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're playing, you're hoping to play professionally, well, yeah, you can worry about going to this school, going to that school, trying to get in front, talking to this. Well, if you play enough, they'll find you. You know what I'm saying? They're going to find you. Whether and, and that's the thing you have to just worry about, man. It's just a lot going on. But you just got to focus on the basketball, man. Just forget everything else. Just focus on the basketball and getting better. Getting better. <clears throat> for sure. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermell President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation and his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. And in closing, man, we got uh, something I created called the Oatmeal Recipe, okay. um, which is a uh, skill development, education, and nutrition. And those three ingredients can go, you know, corporate America, you know, for athletics, what have you. So yeah. um, I want to break those three um, ingredients down and get your, your input on them. Sure. Um, let's start off with uh, skill development. Um, yeah. And I, 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 that's a twofold question because skill development, yeah, in basketball is working out, working on your skill to play, but off the court, you got to have relationship. You got to know how to communicate with people. Um, what, What's the, uh, 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 how important is skill development and how do you apply it to your everyday life? Yeah, um, it's huge, man. It's huge, just, just to put it plainly. Like, I'll, I'll start with the court part of it. Like, you, you got to work on your game, right? Or your craft. Let's just say it's not basketball, whatever it is. You, you got to work on it diligently to the point where, like, it almost becomes second nature, right? So now, what that, that allows you to do is perform or to do whatever you do at, at a high level, at elite level. And that affords you opportunities. People will take notice of you doing whatever you do at a high level. And like I said, the only way you can do something at a high level is if you work on it, if you work on your skills. The, the, the flip side of that, like, or not even the flip side, the, the other part of the skill development, like the intangibles, the off the court stuff, that that's just as important, you know what I'm saying? Because the relationships, like it, this life is about relationships. They take you a long, long way, right? And it's it's uncomfortable sometimes to, to talk to people and try to network and the whole nine, but like, I, I just try to approach those things, those relationships and those conversations uh, and just treat them like regular conversations, man. Like sometimes we try to like make it all fancy, you know what I'm saying? And, and try to talk up a good game when it's just like, and man, everybody like we're all people at the end of the day. We're all trying to trying to climb the ladder and, and make a good life out of out of what we got. You know what I'm saying? And so, just be honest, transparent with people, man, and, and, and try to approach those relationships with a level of um, trust and integrity, man. That people can really, really feel. You know, For sure. and, and I think people can once they feel that, like you, you kind of. They, they gravitate towards you. They want to work with you just because they know your intentions are pure. You know what I'm saying? You're not trying to take advantage of anybody. And I think that's all part of skill development. Like you, you get better at it the more that you do it, the more that you talk to people, it becomes more comfortable. Um, the more that you, 
you work on your game, the better you'll get. So it's, it goes hand in hand. For sure. Um, second one is education. Um, and, you know, reading and writing is important, but when you're educated about your craft, about your game, about your, your, your opponents, your teams, your other players, the other teams, coaches, those things are, are more beneficial, you know, in life. Um, how important is education to you and how do you apply it to your everyday life? Yeah, uh, it's, you, you can't, you can't live without it, right? Like you can't keep up without being educated in, in anything. Like if you hope to do anything at a high level, like the same way you got to work on your skill, like you got to learn, you got to learn about it, man, because it, it, part of it too, like if you got a passion for something, I, I should say this, if you got a passion for something, you should want to learn everything there is about it. Like if you love it, right? That's, that's for relationships. Like if I'm in a relationship with somebody like it and that's who I want to marry, that's who I want my wife to be like, man, I want to learn everything there is to know about you so I can like help and, and do things for you the whole night. Like if I love basketball, I want to know everything there, if I truly love it. For sure. I want to know everything there is to know about basketball. I want to know the ins and outs. I want to know who the great players were. I want to know the great teams. I want to know what made players great. Like I want to know all of it. That way I can apply it to, to whatever it is I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? In business, if I'm trying to run a camp, like, well, I'm gonna ask around and learn about like successful camps before me. Like I'm gonna work, I had my, my camp last year or two years ago um, here at Charleston. And it was my first camp. Well, I studied, like I worked AJ's camps, uh, Anthony Johnson's camps for the longest while he had them. Coach Grant had camps, man. I was like taking notes and trying to figure out like, all right, this is what you gotta do. I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna use this. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna add this, you know what I'm saying? Just to, you gotta learn about things, man. If you if you were truly passionate about it, it plays a huge role. For sure. Um, and lastly, nutrition. You know, what I hate to see, you know, is these kids in these, AAU tournaments, YBO tournaments, that's, you know, eating the McDonald's and the soda and the Skittles. Um, and like you said, you know, we have evolved so much from a um, athletic standpoint that so much resources is out there. Um, how important is, is nutrition to you and how do you, um, you know, take control of it for your for your career and craft? Yeah, that's that's something, man, like, and, I, and I'm guilty of talking about that's something like when you're a young kid, right? Like you just, you can eat whatever, <laughs> you can play and you you go find that's something that you uh you learn one way or another as you get older you know what i'm saying and you you really start to feel as your metabolism starts to slow down like the effect that what you put in your body and how it affects like how you feel your mood the whole nine so like that was something within the past couple of years man i had to really try to and i'm still working to this day like to to be consistent and be as good as possible at it because like, man, you, you eat well, it's amazing that just the benefits that you have, like how well you feel throughout the day, like your energy level, you know what I'm saying? Your, even your skin, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like it's just so many benefits to, to what you put in your body, it's your fuel, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, man, I'm still, like I'm not the best, but I, I know I, I'm not 16 anymore. I can't go eat, <laughs> I can't go eat McDonald's and, and expect to go play at a high level. You know what I'm saying? That can't be my fuel. So um, that, that plays a, a huge role. And like I said, going back to the education thing, that's something a lot of people aren't really knowledgeable about. Like I wasn't extremely knowledgeable about it. And, and that's something that like I'm learning more and more about each day. And I'm trying to apply those changes in my life. And then, cause I, I say I'm passionate about basketball. If I want to be as good as I want to be, I want to, I want to take those steps and it's not even a sacrifice for real. It really helps. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm giving up something. I'm really putting something better in my body. Sure. So um, it's important. It's important, man. And I'm learning, I'm learning about it each and every day. So. All right. My last question promise. I want to know who is, is it JC? Just Jake was Emmanuel. Is Jace? Was it? Oh, Jace, Jace. Yeah. Jace Emmanuel. Who is he? And, and how did he come up with that, with that character? Yeah, so um, it was it was weird. Emmanuel is my middle name. Okay, yeah, my middle name is Emmanuel. Um, Jace, J A C E. I, I was. It's not really a deep story around it, man. I like. 
I was gonna go it's Jay. It's a good flow. It's a good two word flow. Like it's right. And so I appreciate that, man, because I haven't had much feedback. And I kind of did it. I asked a few people about it. I was like, no, it sounds good. I was gonna go uh, Jay Emanuel, just like Joe Emanuel. Um, I was gonna go Joe Emanuel, but I wanted something in case. Like you didn't feel like saying JC Manuel, you could just say Jace. Like you could be referred to as Jace. So um, I thought Jace was a uh, a cool name. And then here's the other thing about it: my nephew, uh, his middle name is Jace. Okay. Um, Cameron Jace is his middle name. So that that was kind of the inspiration there behind it. And and I just put the two together, man, and it it works. And so uh, it J A C E and then Emmanuel is is my I guess you call it my rap name. So it's, it's crazy that I got a rap name, but um, it's it's something that I enjoy, man. Like I said, man, be on the lookout. I'll, I'll definitely send stuff to you um, when I drop the project, man. I'm looking forward to it, man. So for sure, for sure. Well, man, I appreciate your time today, big guy. I know the audience would, uh, you know, gonna get a lot from from what you said, and, and you know, saying so you'll come up and and um, and how you did it. So. Uh, Sure. I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you, your time for coming on and, and uh, being with us today. No, I, I appreciate you for having me, man. It was uh, always, man, always, always good talking to one of the OGs, man. You know what I'm saying? One of the, one of the legends, man. Got your name up in the rafters, man. That's, uh, I saw it every time I went to the TD. So it's, um, for sure. it's, it's always, always a pleasure, man, talking to you. So That's what's up. All right, well, enjoy your time in Charleston, big guy. All right, boss. I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right, take it easy. Peace. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. We thank Joe Chile coming out and giving us the wealth of knowledge um, that he's obtained over the years, being a collegiate student athlete, now professional basketball player. Uh, coming up next, we got Derek Coles, who's an agent um, with the NCAA, um, affiliated with a lot of um, all professional sports you know, contracts, recruiting, the whole nine. So he gives us a, a good look, inside look on what coaches look for, agents look for, what players need to do. Um, very, very interesting interview. All right, we'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which as you know, as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs looking out for the best interest of the youth the future of this country is in our youth and everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful and and i can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people you can follow us on facebook and instagram at jamel president and on twitter at president jamel Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.